Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And this is The Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want. Where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty roller coaster where we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship. Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. Today we have with us another incredible guest. This is Melanie Childers. She is a feminist business coach and entrepreneur. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Hi, thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. So in keeping with the spirit of our sales series, tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started on your sales journey. Yeah, of course. I am a feminist business coach. I'm a master certified coach. Um, And I actually got started in sales many, many, many moons ago (laughs) with one of my first jobs out of college. I was an exotic dancer and that is all about sales and all about flirtation and all about bringing people in. Um, and then once I went out into, you know, other real jobs, (laughs) as people wanted to say like, Oh, when are you going to get a real job? I'm like, no, I'm working most of my ass out here. This is a real job. Um, I got into, um, car sales, selling new cars. And that was a really interesting experience. And then later, many, many moons later, I uh, started my own business. So I'm also a knitter and a yarn dyer. And so I started my own yarn dyeing business and sold yarn. And then I got into coaching and I've been selling and I run a million dollar business now. So it's, it's been a bit of a journey starting out, you know, in, in the clubs, working till 4am <laughs> to <Okay>. here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I've, I've done, I've done it all. I've sold a lot of things. (laughs) I love, I, I love that you, because we often talk about that is that, you know, and I'm a bento boxer. I do love to bento box. However, people feel like if you're not in sales, like, like a sales position that you're not in sales. And I love that you actually, um, can see like, you know, that was selling, like selling, selling the dance, selling yourself and in, in, in a very different way. And, and it's interesting kind of your journey. It's actually my, I love that you went from car salesman, well, to exotic dancer, to car salesman, to yarn, like yep. dying yarn, like <laughs> that's just, it's probably a story for another time, but, um, so what would you say that your biggest lesson that you've learned? Cause you've kind of like seen it all. And now as a coach, I know that you help others and you help others scale actually to six figure and seven figure businesses as well. And you said you already have a seven figure business. So what would you say? One of the biggest lessons you've learned? Yeah, I, I have many. Um, the, the very first one though, is like treat people like humans. Like selling really is about empathy and it really is about meeting people where they are and helping them get what they want. So that's like the first one. And then the, the second one is really like, you have to double down on your belief in yourself and in what you're selling in order to sell it. People buy your belief, your certainty, your conviction that you can help them more than they buy what you're selling. Absolutely. 
would you have for our listeners? Cause I, I do love practical and we are very applicable people here. Um, do you have like a, a quick go-to tool or thing that you have your clients or that you do in order to like get in the, get in the double down mood essentially, or like mindset? Yeah. I actually take all of my clients through this exercise and I just launched the newest cohort of my mastermind called the bad bitch mastermind. And that's the very first thing that we do is we go through some exercises on building your belief in yourself and your belief in your offer and in your audience's desire to buy. Because if you don't think anybody in your audience wants what you have, you won't sell it and you won't offer it as often. And so we go through this exercise. That's like answering a a couple of questions, but the first couple are like, well, what for yourself are like, well, what have you, what have you accomplished already? What do you, what have you achieved already? What are you really good at already? So that your brain goes to look for confirmation bias that you're already smart enough. You're already an expert. You're already good at things. You're already accomplished to sort of build that, that foundation of confidence within. And then we do the same things with your offers. We do the same things with your audience and we look at how is it possible that there's someone in your audience right now who wants to buy so that your brain starts to look for that instead of the opposite, which is no one wants to buy this. Nobody wants this. Nobody I've made offers forever and no one's buying, right? Like we go and look for evidence of the opposite to build your certainty and build your conviction and build your confidence really. So that when you show up to sell, no matter what's happening, you feel really empowered. You feel really strong and really like an expert and an authority in what you do. And then what happens is that then people start to show up and they start to buy. Absolutely. Um, Amanda and I talk about that a lot, like that energy behind it. And I'm definitely more of the, the energy type of person in the relationship we'll say, but we both are. However, um, she definitely, we, we have this conversation about like the mindset and like putting forth the, the, like you said, the energy, the, the idea, the, the, implicit explicit beliefs in the right direction so that way it it just flows and you're not you're not you know putting subconscious or conscious red flags up um either for yourself and or for the prospect and i think that that's beautiful that you walk your clients through that that's exactly i think it's i think more people should do that because i mean we mentioned this in our book and i you and i talk about it all the time that that product and personal conviction can make all the difference. Because if you don't believe in what you're saying, then even if you think that you're coming off as this super confident salesman, like, oh, I, I, I'm saying it. And so therefore it's true. No, the way you say, it and just the energy coming off of you can make a difference in whether or not people believe you, even if it's subconsciously believing you. If you don't have product conviction, if you don't have conviction of self and what what you're selling and how you're selling it, good luck. It's going to be a hundred times harder to achieve your goals and to get somebody to, you know, solve their problem with your solution if you don't believe it. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the biggest things that people struggle with is they're like, why am I struggling to sell? It's like, well, do you believe in your product? People buy your belief more than they buy what you're selling. And the, it, and here's the other piece of this is like, it can't, your belief can't go so far into hubris and into mine is so much better than everybody else's because people don't 
respond well to that either. So nobody buys from a desperate salesman. Nobody buys from somebody who doesn't believe in their product and nobody buys from the cocky asshole either. (laughs) Or at least they don't enjoy that experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, a very different type of person would buy from that individual and the opposite, right? Your mom Mm -hmm. from the one who doesn't have confidence (laughs) and from the one that's the cocky asshole. It might be more somebody with that same personality. And it's more about the product and keeping up with the Joneses and and the appearance that they have versus the actual salesperson. And it's, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, we, we do talk about this a lot and I, I'm, I'm sure like reading all of your bios and stuff that you also talk about this, like the longevity and like the repeat of it, like when you are coming from that place of conviction and like people are buying really a thing that they, they really can see themselves like using and wanting and connecting with. And that means that you're going to have a higher retention rate. You're going to have more referrals that come out of that. You're just going to have happier customers typically, and they're going to see you more as human and you vice versa than somebody that's not doing that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and for so many of my clients, so much of what I see is, you know, in my experience they're they start out and they're just, they're just nervous. And they, they haven't learned how to sell. And so a lot of what they're doing, is like their first, their first foray into sales, or they've been selling one thing for a very long time. Now it's time, time to scale and they're creating new things. And, and you're basically in your mind starting over again, right? Like you have to learn who is, who is the right person for this and how is that different from what I was selling before? And, you know, there's going to be different ways to sell things at different price points and for different audiences. And at every level, you have to learn how to sell that thing, whether you're just starting out or, or scaling to a million, it doesn't matter. And I think that people miss a lot of that, that reality. They think, oh, okay, well, it's going to be easy for me. And sometimes it is. And sometimes it's, it takes a minute to, to figure out how to sell something new. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you really pride yourself on and talk a lot about within your business is being a feminist business coach and really talking about that uh, ethical marketing and selling and just the difference between feminist and sort of this, you know, dude bro culture. So can you tell me a little bit about how that's different and how you really see that in, in your field? Yeah. What we grew up with and what we learned in how to sell and what was modeled for us in how to sell. So much of it has come from this sort of toxic dude, bro, startup entrepreneur culture that is all about going fast and working yourself to death and pushing and convincing and manipulating people to get the sale. It in the end is about profit over people. And the way that I teach differently is that I want And my clients want anybody that we come into contact with to feel empowered and to feel good about the selling experience, whether they buy or not. And that requires a healthy amount of expert energy and detachment. And so what we do instead is we fill ourselves up from within. We don't need a sale. And when you don't need a sale, you're so much more in service and it's so much more about the people first. And then the profit comes as a byproduct. We don't have to be pushy. We don't have to convince. We don't have to lie. We don't have to cheat or manipulate or any of that stuff. We don't have to be a jerk in the selling process. And 
when you are not, <laughs> you actually have more success. Like my clients have like 60, 70, 80% close rates versus the industry standard of 10%. And part of that 10% is because people don't feel safe to buy. And when you're creating the safe atmosphere for, for people to buy, they're much more likely to lower their resistance and their fear and their risk tolerance and say, yeah, I trust this person. This person can help me. This person's on the same side as me. This person is here in service more to my needs and what I'm getting over whether or not they make money. That is such a, to me, a fucking power move that I don't need to use any awful sleazy tactics. And I think so many people are at least in my experience, so many people are so afraid to sell because they are afraid that they're going to show up like this. And it's only because that's the way that we've all been trained and has been modeled for us. And there are better ways. There are easier ways. There are more feminist, equal, you know, equity, consensual ways to sell where everybody leaves the process feeling good, whether they purchased or not. Absolutely. And I, I love that you brought up that because I can't tell you how many clients and, or even prospects I've had conversations with about, um, like working with them and their, their sales teams or their, their, whatever writing trainings, whatever it is. And they're like, but we don't want to be like sleazy cars. Well, that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that pushy, like you said, manipulative and actually true sales is not if you look at, if you break it down in the way that it truly is, and it is more, it's the mindsets, the behavior, it's the intention behind it. It's the verbiage that we use. Um, and it's just really, it's really cool to see it moving back in the direction of, um, you know, that relation, relational base, um, sales, uh, dynamic and dialogue and structure. And, and I love that you're doing this. And I love that you're really empowering women to take control of that, especially because I think that women tend to either go really, like they can go extreme into the little, really hardcore masculine side to be able to like, um, you know, find their place in the world, or they just kind of clam up because they, they don't know where they fit in. And I love that you were really, um, you know, what you stand for and what you're doing in, in our world. So, yeah, there's, there's a middle way and there's a middle way that is truly being in service. And when we're thinking about sales, like that's a big piece of the work that I do with my clients is we completely rethink sales. Sales does not equal pushy, gross, awful, manipulative sales is service. Sales is helping people sales is problem solving. Sales is helping people get what they already want. You don't ever have to make somebody do anything when you are in your power and you are giving them the agency to be in theirs, right? Like we don't ever really have to overcome objections. Part of what we do in, in our process is that we learn how to sell with copy, you know, with our writing, with our emails. And that is part of what creates that 50 to 80% conversion rate is people are, they already come to their, your sales conversation sold. They already want it. And when you're thinking through the lens of like, if selling is service and selling is help, helping people get what they already want, let me connect with that dream that they have. And let me stand for that dream. But that doesn't mean I have to be pushy. That doesn't mean I have to be shitty. I just keep checking in. Is this still the dream that you want? Let me help you get it. I love that. 
I love that. I, and I can, and I haven't seen your copy and obviously taking your course, but listening to you in the podcast, like also what I'm getting to, and this is something that I, that I have a hard time with when people are doing it, selling from a place of fear, like where you see salespeople like selling fear-based selling. And it's why I don't like certain authors, although they are brilliant. I won't name any names on this podcast. I know Amanda knows the one that triggers me very much. And although their content's really good, however, they very much take it from the fear base. And I love that you're saying that. And I think that that's really important for us to um, realize is that the selling happens way before you even, first of all, one thing, it happens way before you even can have that conversation. I was just having this conversation actually with my photographer. Um, she's hanging out in Bangkok today and we were talking about it on the way home. And I was like, you know, a lot of times the sale part or like overcoming that objection is way before you even talk to them and in the language that you're using and how you're responding to them. And also adding the piece of like coming from the relationship and satisfying what they need and, and showing them the way. And you said living in the vision, which I love because that is not fear-based selling. And I think that that's really important because people think, oh, I'm building a relationship, but yet they're doing it from a fear-based kind of standpoint. And, and um, it's just, it's not, it's not, it works for some, but it, it's obviously not our, our cup of tea, the three of us on this call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, in my experience, so many people are like, I want to, I need to, you know, explain the problem. I'm like, yes, explain the problem, explain what happens when they don't address the problem. But that doesn't mean that we need to stick in a knife and twist it. It doesn't mean that we have to poke on the fear and the urgency and the insecurities that people have. Like we want people to leave our worlds feeling more empowered than when they got there, feeling more capable of handling whatever comes up than when they got there. And so when you're not operating from fear or desperation based selling, like you don't ever need to really worry about your bottom line because yeah. people are going to go, wow, okay. You didn't make me feel like shit <laughs> about in this whole process. Okay. I'm in, this is awesome. Yeah. So what do you think is one of your favorite parts or least favorite, I won't play favorites on that, uh, part about sales, favorite or least favorite. My favorite part about sales is teaching my clients how to overcome objections in ways that they have never thought of before, in ways that feel empowering and in ways that help the client feel like you're on the same side of the table as them. And like just seeing their eyes light up when they're like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, I never had anything to worry about. I never needed to make this personal. I never needed to take the no personally. I never needed to take the maybe personally. Oh, it's like, it's like they get to separate their self-esteem from the process. And that gives them so much power back in their business. Absolutely. We are, I can't believe we're already coming to time. So um, what is, if you had to leave without repeating what you already did, because these are all great nuggets, what is one piece of advice, like one last little nugget that you feel like we didn't cover that you'd love to add? One last thing that I would love to add is that getting people's consent along the way and asking for consent along the way through the sales process is one of the easiest ways to create and build trust with people. And 
keep yourself in your own lane. So you keep yourself in your own power. And along the sales conversation, you're asking, is this something you still want? Do you want to talk about how we could work together? Do you want to, do you want help with, you know, the money situation? Do you want help talking through that? Right? Like along the way, you're just asking for consent. Do they still want your help? Do they want your help solving problems? And then it's never about you. It's always about them. And so keeping your eyes and your mind focused on them and focused on their dreams and how you can serve them is really what helps you stay detached from the outcome, the yes or the no. And when you're asking consent along the way, you're building trust and you are building that, that feminist ethos into your business that it never has to be pushy. It never has to feel gross. We can just ask questions and ask and get consent along the way. Yeah. Do you mind adding to that? Because I think that that's a great an excellent point. I love that you use, I'm an analogy person. I love that you said, stay in your own lane and then you explained it. However, I, I would love for you to maybe give one piece of advice of how to stay in your own lane, because so many people feel like they have to like swerve over and like feel that feeling or be, be more involved. Um, so what do you teach your clients um, to have like one piece of advice to stay in their own lane? Uh, what I teach my clients about staying in their own lane is really that coming back to that, what is your authority? What is your expertise and staying in that leadership energy to really lead the call and to stay non-judgmental about whatever's going on for the person on the other end, right? You don't want to judge them. You don't want to be talking down to them. You don't want to try to solve the problems for them. You're with them to see them and with them to let them know that I'm on your team and help them if they ask for help. If they ask for help, then yeah, of course they want help figuring out how to, you know, how to get resourceful, help them. Of course, absolutely. But you staying in your lane is really about you holding the space without judgment and without attachment to whether they say yes or no. It's showing up a hundred percent in service. Absolutely. Sorry, Amanda. I know I keep jumping in. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. And I I know Amanda is too. I can feel her kicking me under the table all the way from here. (laughs) (laughs) And what I'm hearing too, and I I think that because I'm all about like skills, like particular skill sets that people can go to. And it sounds like the coaching you, because I've been through ICF and yada, yada, I've been a coach many years and lots of trainings. And the, some of the things that you're saying are key aspects to actually learning how to be a true coach in the things that they do and like holding that space and not being attached and being able to ask the right questions for them to come up for the solution. And I think that it's really important, you know, to, to guide people in a direction, obviously for the badass bitches who want to take your course, uh, you know, to contact you and for those that maybe are like learning coaching or whatnot, like these two, the tools don't have to be a one use only, right? You can use them in things such as like what you're doing and teaching them to use it actually in their sales pitch. And it's really incredible to see that. And I, and I love that. I love when people show how to use the same tool over and over and over again in different scenarios, because we tend to like become very narrow-minded. 
Yeah. Yeah. I created a whole framework called the bad bitch framework for consensual sales conversations. And that is a big piece of it. It's like, um, be being bold, building rapport, holding space, checking your, checking your own hierarchy, right? Like making sure that, you know, you show up as an expert, but that's for you. It's not so that you're better than anybody else in the conversation. And so, yeah, that you can find that at melaniechilders.com forward slash sales masterclass. It's a download and a free class. Um, yeah, that, that whole framework I, I know is changing the way that we do sales conversations and the way that we show up as people who sell as humans who sell. And yeah, if, if you don't know how to sell, that is an excellent place to start and an excellent place to help people stay in their lane and have their power and have their agency and, and for you to have yours as well. So what are the best ways besides your website? Is that where you want people to reach out to you? Do you have want them to reach out to you on social media? What's the best way that they can connect with you other than that course online? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So my website's melaniechilders.com, but I would love for you to come hang out with me on TikTok. I'm having such an absolute blast. I post probably two or three times a day on TikTok because I'm just having so much fun with it. And I am at the Melanie Childers over there. You can also find me on Facebook at just Melanie Childers. You can't miss me. I'm all over it. <laughs> and of course, all that will be in the show notes. If anyone wants more information or spellings or just quick links, those will be found on our website, thepursuitofbadassery.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, amazing nuggets all throughout. And I, I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute blast. I adore all of you. <laughs> Yes. Thanks so much, Melanie. All right. Well, until next time, get after it. All right, everyone. It's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuitofbadassery.com.